All right, everyone. Welcome back. Episode 13 of the Jader and Kyle show is here. Um, thank you all for tuning in again. Uh, we're going to have a fun time tonight. It's our franchise episode. We're going to be talking about the Oceans films. Uh, Jader, are you excited to talk about the Oceans films? No, <laughs> but we'll get to that later. Uh, How you been, man? I'm good, man. Working a lot, obviously. Uh, ready for 4th of July weekend. Uh, yeah. I got the Yeah, I got the kid, kiddos all weekend, so that's going to be a lot of fun. You sound but, um, Yeah, I'm tired, dude. I'm super tired. And not only that, I told you, my whole eye thing, I slept with my contacts on last night. Mm -hmm. um, and my eye's been killing me for the past, like, two hours, man. It's it's It hurts. It looks like, it looks like yeah. you got punched, man, both eyes. <laughs> it, never, it does, right? See? Yeah. It's killing me, man. And all this bright, I think I literally, this has happened before, which sucks because you would think I would have learned the first time. Mm -hmm. But about like 10 years ago, I um, I used to sleep with my contacts all the time. I really don't anymore. It's just last night. Um, I, I thought the curfew was yesterday. So I ended up crashing at my aunt's house. And I didn't have my uh, the little container to put the contacts. And I didn't have my glasses on me. So I had to sleep with my contacts. Um, so, so yeah. So I slept with them. And I it, every bright light that I have, it's like it literally like shuts the eye. And it hurts. It sucks. So, well, you mentioned the curfew, and you live in Miami. We also got another guy who's going to be joining us today. Actually, let's do this right now. And Steve, I don't know if you know this is coming. Steve's in the chat right now. Here he is. Gilberto. Come on. Where is he? Where is he? Come He's on, Gilberto. Me. Don't do this to me, man. Perfect introduction. All right. We're off to there a hot right now. Oh, um, look at that. Blackout. Bert, why don't you leave and come back? We'll try this again. Anyways. Uh, what's it been like, man, with that curfew going on? I mean, it just started today, apparently. I, um, I didn't know. I thought it was live yesterday, so that's why I didn't go out. But apparently, as of uh, 10 p.m. tonight, uh, there's curfew. Nobody should be out in the streets from 10 to 6 p.m. 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. So oh. that's all. Because well, Miami's yeah. been so bad with this virus, man. Like, no one's following anything. Nah, don't tell me about it, man. It's been It's been pretty shitty. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how, I mean, last time there was a curfew, honestly, I was same place at, at my aunt's house. And I mean, I don't live too far from it. I live not even maybe five minutes away. So it's not mm -hmm. that bad, but that, um, the road that I take to come to where I live to, um, to my aunt's house, it's a, it's a main road. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's a main Avenue. So, um, and I, but I didn't see a cop in the street that night. You know, I think it was also more, they were more when the curfew was, uh, it was cause all the riots that were going on. Yeah. I feel like that was more towards the beach. So it was more, you know, like Miami beach and downtown and Brickell area. So I don't think we really, um, Kendall where I, where, where I live. I don't think we were really going to be affected by it. Um, but I don't know now it's, it feels, that feels different, but I feel like, this is like an I don't know if it's a nationwide curfew that everybody's supposed to be shutting down all of a no, sudden. It's just, no? it's just Miami right now, from what I can tell. I know Arizona shut down everything again, California shut down everything again, Texas, yeah. but Florida's full speed ahead. So that's what we got going on here. Um, we're waiting on Gilberto, he's gonna be joining us today. But today is gonna be the day when we break down the entire Oceans franchise. There he is. There he is. Hey, you guys hey. see me now? Yeah, we can see yeah. him, man. We froze up last time. All right, perfect. So, yeah. hello, everyone. Yeah, welcome back. Welcome to the show, Bert. It's good to have you for the first time. Are you excited to talk about Ocean's movies? Yes, I love these movies. Ah, this uh, love these. 
Jader's excited. <laughs> yeah, super. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's just get to yeah. it. Well, Bert, you want to introduce yourself to the audience for those of you who those, the audience who doesn't know who you are. Okay. Well, uh, my name's uh, actually not Bert, but it's uh, Gilberto. I've been writing for since Sports Talk for about, wow, almost three, almost four years now, something like that. Um, been doing a lot of a uh, couple press interviews here and there, a lot of advanced screenings. I have a lot of, um, well, not as much as Kyle, because Kyle is the true MVP of the site. But um, I have a, a pretty decent amount of uh, reviews and uh, articles and throwbacks on cinesportstalk.com. And uh, yeah, it's been fun. I mean, uh, it's really what I love doing. I love movies. Um, pretty much open to any genre except horror. Uh, you know, working on that. <laughs> yeah, one, yeah. one, one of the best. One of the best. But uh, yeah, man, it's been fun. And, uh, you know, doing more of these shows, especially now during quarantine and uh, stuff like that. Put on a mask, people, please. It's not a conspiracy. Please put on a mask. Yeah. It's really not that hard. But uh, yeah, excited to talk about oceans. You wouldn't believe the people. So I just started my new job and we have um, customers come in all the time. And you wouldn't believe the people uh, who just don't care at all. No mask. Yeah. They come in just, you know, without a shirt on or, you know, they haven't washed their hair in three days. Like, it's just it, I don't I don't understand some people sometimes. So um, I don't know how it is for you guys at your job, but Bert, I was just talking to Jader about Miami, how you guys are under curfew now. Are you I mean, are you ready for that? How do you feel? I mean, I'm in Hollywood technically, but okay. um, I'm still, you know, Florida, by the Florida, rules. not not California, <laughs> Hollywood, Florida. Yeah, sorry, clarify sorry. that, dude. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, but yeah, I mean, I just hope people take it seriously this time because it's really getting to a point where it's getting ridiculous. Yeah, because yeah. like at my job, you know, I work in, up in Fort Lauderdale, so you know, we're it's forced, so you have to put on a mask, gloves, whole nine yards. So, you know, we're not we're not taking any chances. It's going to be interesting in these next couple well, of weeks. Actually, I got a question for you, Kyle. How um, you said that people showing up? Are you uh, denying service when people don't come in? No, actually, we're not. We're not doing that right now. I mean, everyone who comes in has the equal opportunity to, you know, buy something or we can help them with their issues, whatever it is. But um, it's just one of those things where you hope everyone's following the guidelines, and if they're not, you just got to take your precautions. You know, stand away, far away from them. Use hand, hand sand sanitizer. Just do the best you can because right now our state's not helping us out, so we have to do it on our own. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Our, we don't, we refuse service. We oh. won't let you into. Yeah, we won't let you into the store um, if you don't have a mask on. We have the right to tell you to get the hell out. Yeah, nice, nicely, obviously. <laughs> uh, we've had some people, obviously, you know, but overall, people understand the the six feet distant rule is is what's uh, usually the hard one to get people to uh, follow. And it's true because if you're trying to, obviously you're selling something, you can't be six feet away and telling them, hey, it, uh, so yeah, like, you know, you, you wanna show them exactly what, they, what, they're, what they're buying, not like, hey, take my word for it. I'm not gonna yeah. add anything extra, you know? Yep, yep. So, but yeah. Well, let's get into it, guys. Um, Ocean's franchise. Started back in 2000. Well, actually, started back in the 1960s with the Rat Pack, who, uh, yeah. you know, Sinatra and all those famous guys, um, they jumped in and they did their own version of Ocean's Eleven. We didn't watch that because it's hard to find. Uh, we we searched. We couldn't get to it. Honestly, 
we're more focused on these newer ones, uh, the ones from this century. You know, you know it's crazy? Yeah. I was actually going to text you if you had found it because I, I really couldn't find it. No. They didn't have the, they didn't, I couldn't find the original ocean. So I was like, all right, whatever. It is what it is. Even they're ashamed of it. <laughs> yeah. all, from well, all have you, I haven't seen it. I, I, I don't want to knock it because I really haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. um, it can be much worse than what the franchise is, but we'll get to that. <laughs> so this is going to be fun because Jader's not a fan of this franchise. Bert is, and I'm kind of in the middle. I can see both sides. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah. let's let's start off. Uh, 2001, Ocean's Eleven comes out, and Steven Soderbergh assembles what might be. I think we should have this discussion right away. Are, is this the best assembled cast in any movie in Hollywood history, as far as like big names? It's up there. It, it, the, the argument can definitely be had because I was thinking this. So I'm gonna we're, I'm gonna get ahead of myself already. Um, even though we already uh, said I. As I was watching this film, uh, well, these films, I was thinking of how much I love the first one because I, I love Ocean's Eleven. I think Ocean's Eleven is so great. Um, and then I was thinking the same where I was like, man, this is a great ensemble cast. Um, everyone just works so great together. The chemistry between Brad Pitt and George Clooney, out uh, of this world. Yeah. Out of this world. And even at the end, like, towards the ending of the film when they're including more Matt Damon, with the uh, with the Clooney and and, uh, and uh, with the Danny Ocean and the Rusty character, I think all that works per um, perfect. Now I feel like they dropped the ball. Like how what happened from one to two, but we will get there. Um, was the biggest thing for me because I'm like you have a like cast of aces, and I, again. I don't even want to talk about 12 right now, so I'm sorry. We're focusing on 11. We're focusing on the good yeah, one yeah, right yeah. now. Ocean's yeah, yeah, yeah. 11. I think this is such a terrific film. Like, it's it the heist genre. It's – it's. we just – from Sports Talk, yeah, Top 10 Big Kites, which should be coming soon. Um, you're, you're, uh, and you have uh, films you're, like, you know, Inside. Uh, you're, you're chopping in and out. I don't know if it's just me or Bert. Did you hear him? Cause yeah, you, I, heard, you, I heard a little bit too. Yeah, it was choppy. Can you hear me? Can now you, now? you sound good. Now you sound good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, so like we just did bank heist for uh, this, the website and we had stuff like inside man on there and he and uh, baby driver, all these films that involve robbing banks, but robbing casino is something we haven't really seen too much of. So it's really cool to see them venture out and try different things in this genre. So now we get Ocean's Eleven robbing a casino, and this makes you want to go to Vegas. I don't know how you guys felt, but it makes me want to go to Vegas. And um, it experience the casino atmosphere and lifestyle again and to have uh george clooney and brad pitt and matt damon and don Cheadle and casey affleck and scott Kahn and all these people leading the way it's just like it's it's a so much of a fun experience and to be i can't even imagine what it's like to write this film to come up with all the different mechanics you gotta think of to in order to rob a casino it's it's so interesting but bert what stands out to you when you watch this film Uh, Bert, I can't hear you, man. We can't. I can't hear you, dude. Can you hear him? No, I can't hear him. Yeah, man, Bert. I can't hear you, Bucks. You know, I can hear you guys. There you go. Hey, welcome, welcome. back. <laughs> no, sorry. Uh, so, but yeah, yeah, eleven. Um, for me, there's. 
it's hard to, to say what a perfect movie is, but I can argue that Eleven is almost perfect. Okay. Um, the way that the way that the characters interact, the timing of the movie too, because that's one thing that you notice in this franchise. Because Clooney wasn't Clooney yet, really. Brad Pitt was kind of still doing a couple supporting roles, coming off a of Fight Club, and Matt Damon was, you know, pretty much almost a fresh, not fresh face, but he hadn't really broken out yet. Because that same year, he also does the Born Identity. Yeah, I was going to tell you. Well, I don't so, want to. I, I can't argue that. I, I can't argue that with um, with uh, I can't agree. Not argue. I can't agree um about that with uh, Pitt because again, he had he already had Fight Club and Seven. Um, so yeah. those are those are you know, and those are you can argue arguably one of his best film, two of his best films, to be honest with you. So, but including already, you know, he he had he already had his ups and downs and all that stuff. He was already out of a general hospital, right? Yeah. Um, Matt Damon is one that I can probably get behind you. Where you know, besides Goodwill Hunting, because again, he did have Goodwill Hunting before he had he had uh, and he had Private Ryan. So, Around but. Too. There you go. So you get me. So it's one of those things where, where I understand what you're saying. Um, I don't feel like again. It's it. I don't think it's their best. Um, yeah. But I feel like they were. They were. All, I think they were already established actors that just you know just grabbed a bunch of other guys and just you know a, did a great ensemble piece because it, it is what it is. You know. Well, so so that's sort of weird, but uh, George Clooney spearheaded this thing. He got, he's the one who got Julia Roberts jumping, which is a name we haven't mentioned. Who's probably like the third build person who should be in this movie. Um, you grab Julia Roberts, but George Clooney does, he's able to get Brad Pitt and then everything just starts falling into place. You cast an actor like Don Cheadle, who, uh, we'll talk about it later. Actually, we're talking about it right now. He was, um, upset about his uh, billing in this film because he was supposed to be top billing. Uh, yeah, here it is right here. Uh, due to the dispute over his billing, Cheeto wanted uh, top billing alongside George Clooney, Matt Damon, and Brad Pitt, and he doesn't appear in the end credits because he was so frustrated by that. Uh, when he refused, he wasn't credited at all, and then Cheeto received top billing for 12 and 13. He was up there at the top of the poster. But, you know, if Don Cheeto feels like he's that big of a name, then you have you add him to it. You're going to throw in Casey Affleck, who wasn't a big name at the time, but he had worked yeah. with Matt Damon before in Goodwill yeah. Hunting. So yeah. they knew each other. And like I said before, Julia Roberts, who's like America's sweetheart this time. This is like peak Julia Roberts right here. She's I mean, uh, this is post, this post Aaron Brockovich. Yeah, like Aaron Brockovich, years. pretty woman. This is like, this is her, I don't know, it's not her peak, but we'll, we'll get to that part eventually. But um, so with this franchise coming in, um, a heist film's always fun for everybody. Right. I mean, you have to it's kind of hard to not make a high school fun, even if everything falls apart and doesn't make sense. If they pull it off, it's still a ton of fun to watch. And I think this film pulls it off as good, if not better than any other high film that's really ever done it. Like Bert said, it's a per he thinks it's a perfect movie. I wouldn't go that far, but I think it's definitely uh, one of those films that's infinitely rewatchable. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. It's a rewatchable film. And imagine I've seen. I think I've seen Ocean's Eleven. Um, over 15 times easily. Um, and with 12 and 13, this was my second time each. Like okay. I, wow. I saw, yeah. So, um, wow. but yeah, but you know, more, more on 11. Cause this is the one, honestly, I don't, 
don't I'm probably not going to talk a lot about the other two because it's just mm. <laughs> I'll just probably have counter arguments or whatever. But with Eleven, um, when when you Bert, when you said it was a perfect film, there's only one thing for me that kind of takes it away from being a perfect film, and it's a uh, Scott Conn's character with Affleck, where oh. they're everywhere and people don't notice that they're in the hotel and they're literally, you know, they they're with Saul. And then, you know, they're uh, doing the case thing and they forget the key besides that. And I'm not it's not them that I have an issue with. It, it, it's more the how do these guys if Benedict is Benedict the way that he is and he sees and knows everything that's going on in the casino. How does he not notice these guys literally with the balloons like the balloon yeah. incident alone? Um, I would have been like, all right. Uh, fine, that happened, and then I. But I would have remembered those guys, and it, they were always together in different suits and you know different costumes and all that. That's the only thing for me where I'm like, how do these guys not get noticed? That's probably the only thing that I can tell you why I, this isn't a perfect film for me. But it's again, it's so damn rewatchable and so damn good that um, I, I can, you can argue that. But that's only the only con I I think I have on this film. Is that it's a pun right only, there? Huh? Yeah. Is that a pun right there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I can't you, um, yeah. two, two people I think we should bring up are people that aren't with us anymore. We just lost Carl Reiner this week, which, you know, yeah. it's yeah. very sad to think about that. You know, we were watching these films leading up to it, and all of a sudden Carl Reiner passes away, and it's like yeah. I'm front and Crazy. center in my TV right now, and it sucks because this guy's a legend in the comedy universe. Yeah. Then. But to go to 98 is pretty significant. But in this film, specifically Ocean's Eleven, I think he's the heart of the film. And I think Soderbergh recognized that because that ending scene where they're all standing against the fountain and they start leaping one by one. Carl Reiner is the last one there. And he just has that smile of pure joy on his face. And that makes the film for me. So I, I really love what Carl Reiner brings. And he brings it every single scene he's in. He's not in a lot yeah. of scenes, but he brings it, man. Oh, he was great. No, and the scene and the scene that always cracks me up, and it does not matter. Um, I, Kyle, I just sent you that picture. I want you to look on the left. I, I wouldn't send it to you, Gil, because you're on your phone, so you wouldn't be able to see it. But look at the yeah. picture of the far left, dude. Yeah, Bernie it's, Mac too. It, That's all we should bring it's up. Bernie, it's Bernie. It's 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 a picture of the ensemble, and it's um, Carl Reiner sitting down, and Bernie Mac has his hands over him. So I thought that was I think I thought that was crazy when I saw that when I was watching them uh, I was looking through uh, pictures yesterday I was like holy shit, um, yeah. that scene that always kills me is when uh, he's watching TV and Russ tells him to turn down the TV mm -hmm. and he goes and he goes <laughs> he goes I turn it off when I feel and he goes saw and he goes okay okay and he, like I don't know why that scene always kills me and I know it's coming there's two scenes that always make me crack up. It's that one, and when Yen is in the uh, vault, and he's stuck, and they blow it, and they finally gets unstuck, and they blow it, and he goes, mm -hmm. "Where the fuck you been?" Like, <laughs> kills me, bro. That that oh yeah, dude. Oh my god, that scene kills me every time. But um, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, what I want to say is um, with Carl Reiner, so Steven Soderbergh wanted the cast to really bond with each other and, and you know, get to know each other well, which apparently by all accounts, this was the most fun movie to make. Um, so when they bonded, all they did was gather around Carl Reiner, just listen to him tell stories from uh, his time when he was super popular back then and just would, you know, love him. Um, it's just He's just that ball of energy, even at that age, 
that it, it's a force that draws you in. And I wish I could have met that man. Like he's the type of guy I wish I could have just shaken hands with or again, talked to for five minutes because it just feels like he has so much knowledge and experience behind him that he, I don't know. He's, he's a, he's a big force that we lost, we lost this week. Yeah. Yeah. No, he definitely was man. He, and he, again, um, he's probably, how do I say this? Um, in a cast, in a, in a in a movie with this much power in it, you know, he was definitely probably the one that everybody was looking up to on that on that on that cast. Like where they're like, "Holy shit, we're making a movie with Carl Reiner type yeah. shit," you know, having the power of Brad Pitt, of George Clooney, Matt Damon, Julia Roberts, you know, so on and so forth. So that that must have been that must have been. Uh, I bet you anything. And then it's crazy that we had obviously. We had planned this, what, like a week ago, two weeks ago, Bert, when I told you we were going to review this film, not knowing, obviously, that this was going to happen this week. Um, and I guarantee you these those movies are getting played a lot more this week because of that, man, um, amongst his, you know, his other his other stuff that he's done. Um, but, yeah, like, uh, going back to, the, again, this is the one that I can talk to all day about. Uh, <laughs> the, the, actual, the actual heist. Again, I've seen this movie about 15 times, and every single time that the heist is taking place, I have a smile from ear to ear because I obviously know what's coming. But I think I just thought it was out of all three, the smartest one. Well, I know we're talking four, but out of all three, it was the smartest one for me. You know, it was the one that, out that, of that trilogy, yes. And out yeah. of the, all four of them, I think there's a debate. Um, yeah. but for my favorite part of that heist has to be the um. The, the part where Matt Damon basically uh, arrests Bernie Mac and then they're in the back with Andy Garcia having that whole debate and he's like, you might as well call it white chat. <laughs> yeah, man, no, it's so many, so many good, it's so many good lines in the film um, as well. But, uh, but yeah, it's just the way everything starts playing out, man. The way that uh, Damon is sweating that he's doing what he's need, what he needs to do. He sees Danny and he's like, you didn't think I was going to like let you have all the fun, you know? Yeah. And then, and then that, um, seeing Andy Garcia being like, you know, the scary person he is when he goes run and hide, you yeah. know, and he tells them like all that. And then when he figures out the, the, the floor had changed, the Bellagio floor had changed and that it was a duplicate. Bro, it's just, oh my God, I love it, dude. I love it. Go ahead, Bert. Yeah. I think you got to get closer to the mic, dude. I don't know what it is that after, I don't know, when the camera's closer, I can hear you. Hello? Can you hear us? No. Can't hear you, Bert. Bert, do me. Let's do it again. I'll leave and come back, Bert. We'll try it again. All right. One, one second. No. Now we hear you. <laughs> I think he's gone. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah. Uh, okay, this is going to be a fun show. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, we can keep going. with uh, I mean, Ocean's Eleven, since this is the one that you want to talk about the most. Um yeah. Someone else we should bring up is I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he's the small um, trapeze guy. Who? Yeah, uh, I know his film in the. I know his name in the film, which is which is Yen. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, but I I forget his name as well. I forget his name as well. But he's he's fantastic. In he's film. only been in four films his entire life, and it's Ocean's Eleven, Twelve, Thirteen, and Eight. And I think that's pretty cool that your legacy is the Ocean films. The Ocean films, and you're and and a, a known character at that. Yeah, you know, people like him, and I think he does little goofy things, especially in the second one, which we'll get to. You know, jumping on the bed and stuff. But yeah. when he's uh, jumping from, like, 
Yeah, we can hear you, man. Yeah, we can hear you. Perfect. So when and from all the, you know, all the platforms trying to avoid the lasers on the bottom, you know, that's what you think of when you think of spy and Mission Impossible movies is avoiding the lasers. And he was kind of like that surrogate to be that point. So I really liked it. Uh, Bert, what's your favorite part about this film? About you guys are talking about uh, the first one or 12? Yeah, we're still on 11. We're still so going to talk 11. about 11. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let, let me enjoy um, this. Probably my favorite scene in the first movie is when they uh, introduce the plan to Ruben to get him to to basically finance it. And he goes about through the history of the most successful, quote unquote, robberies in, in Vegas history. Yeah. And uh, just the way, you know, he's another, he's, you, I know you guys said that um, Carl Rayner was the heart of the movie, but, you know, Ruben, when it, when we go to the third one, he's, yeah. You know, very much. Well, he's, yeah, he's, he's there. Yeah, 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 of course. I agree with you 100% on that. I mean, it's, he's just, you know, great. Just, the, you know, this movie has so, these movies have so much quick lines of dialogue that kind of go over your head if you're not paying attention. Like yeah. kind of with, especially between Rusty and Danny. And that scene alone where he's like, oh, like, what are we doing, Ruben? And it's like, oh, I've never been to Turkey. It's just like, yeah. you know, it's like random stuff. This is hilarious. Yeah. But, um. But yeah, it's probably my favorite scene overall. Another one I like is the uh, poker scene, where you get the uh, the TV stars of that time cameo with uh, Topher Grace and Josh. Yeah, Topher Grace. Yeah, you had uh, Shane what West. Up to, where Rusty yeah. was up to at the time. Yeah. Uh, and also another one I like is the uh, where uh, Frank is getting the uh, the vans from the, uh, the the car salesman, and he does the whole like yeah. handshake thing. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. Is like, this is like, this is like, do you moisturize? It's like, the whole aloe, aloe vera. That whole thing yeah. is hilarious. Yeah. For me, Jader, I, I have a deep cut. Go ahead, go ahead go man. Ahead, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. All right. I got a deep cut schmodown question for you. All right. Why do you do this to me, man? All <laughs> right. Here you go. So when uh, Elliot, Elliot Gould's talking about the three heists that failed, the third one is a guy running out of there with the money in his hand, and a famous song is playing in the background. Oh, my God, dude. It's a, um, a famous song that won an Oscar. See, stuck. Hold on, don't tell me, because I know, I know. I was gonna tell you, the third guy makes it out in the street. They're playing the song. They kill him. The money goes flying. Yeah, what's the song? Uh, fuck me, man. Um, Five, four, three, two. Bert, what is it? Take my breath away. That's was it take my breath away? And that's what I had in my head. I promise you, I'm like, it's not because I, I was thinking Top Gun. From an editing standpoint, it's like perfect. Yeah, like, yeah. They literally took it away. <laughs> okay. Um, See, so I, I didn't know. I honestly didn't know. No, I didn't know. I honestly thought that was only like, and I was in my head. I'm like, was it take my breath away? Should have said it. Should have gone. My breath will never come yeah, up. But I think it's that it's like fun trivia to have. Um, yeah. So this film ends with they completed the heist, and then uh, Danny Ocean goes back to jail, and then he gets out of jail, and Julie Roberts and Brad Pitt pick him up and drive away, and you see the two uh, bodyguards kind of follow them as they drive away. Um, what's yeah. his name? Um, Lamont. What? Oh man, what's the what's Andy Garcia's name? Toy, Ter, uh, Terry Benedict. Benedict. Okay, yeah, his his guards kind of chase him off, and that's the end of the film. Cut to three years later. We're gonna do it. We're gonna go straight into Ocean's Twelve. Um, this film had a lot of. It feels like sequelitis to me. Um, it's bigger. It's let's you know throw in uh, more heists and let's go to a different country and let's just have fun. And it didn't flow that well to me um this is this is the equivalent to me at least that less is more 
because yeah. it tried to do, be be a bigger sequel to be on, and I it come for me it completely fails. It, it did fails. way too much that really derailed the film. Even at like Matt Damon, it started off bad because Matt Damon already um, didn't want to even be in this film. Not because he didn't want to be in the franchise, because he was so exhausted from uh, he was fil- finished filming a Bourne movie that he just wanted to you know, take a back seat. But then uh, I think it was Brad Pitt convinced him to get back in there. Uh, Bert is the one who seems to really like this film. Bert, why do you like Ocean's 12? The thing is, what really, what really, why I love that movie so much is because we spend more time with the team. That's really what it is. And, you know, I literally, I have that movie in the background playing right now, like with the volume off. <laughs> like it's for some reason, I don't know. I don't know if it's the fact that you know, it takes place mostly in Amsterdam and Europe. The music, which is another thing we didn't talk about with Ocean's Eleven, you know, Dave Holmes, who uh, is the frequent uh, composer for Steven Soderbergh and all his movies, mm-hmm. does an excellent job in what well, all of them, but specifically in the second one, like his, he really kind of takes it to another level with the score, uh, matching with the story, with everything that's going on. But I just love the 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 fake out in terms of the uh, actual job that they're doing in that movie compared to the first one. Cause you know, even with the first time you watch it, you don't really see it coming because it's, it's literally builds up to the point where it's like, wow, these guys, they tried to do this. Didn't work. They have a deadline. They're not going to make it. What the hell is going to happen? And then you find out they get out of it, you know, and with the other characters, I can, I can see like what you said, Jader, that uh, definitely this, probably should have been a little more of a less is more uh, kind of a movie. But I mean, I go, I, I almost go back to it as much as Ocean Eleven. Like usually when I watch one, I watch the other one right away. Cause I just, like I said, like, uh, and also too, I think it depends on you. It depends on, it depends on who you love more between the two main characters. If you like Rusty more, this is Rusty's film. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm saying if you like Rusty more, you're going to like this movie, which I, out of the two, I'm more interested in Rusty's kind of world and his kind of relationship history than Danny's. Because Danny in the first one is, it's uh, not necessarily new, but it's pretty much like, you know, I was in a relationship with her, trying to get her back. Because I never, because that's, that's one criticism I have of Eleven, that even though I said it was almost perfect, the relationship between Benedict and uh, Tess, I didn't believe it for a second. Which I don't know if that's the point, but... You know, that's the thing. But like I said, you know, Rusty's whole arc in the second movie and the flashback scenes with him and, and him and uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones have good, uh, good chemistry together, I think. They do. I don't I don't think they didn't. And I don't think she was a bad, bad, um, bad addition to the uh, to the franchise at all. Um, I just think this movie sucks. Um, I, I don't I don't. I don't find it interesting. I actually find it super boring. That's what when you said. Thank you, sir. Um, I uh, I'm telling you that when you said you literally watch part one and then you can turn on part two right away for me, the oceans movie end with, with 11, you know, not including eight to be completely honest with you, because I think that is the better sequel. I thought it, we'll get into that. I'm getting ahead of myself. Eight but is yeah. awesome. I love it. No, no, no. So spoiler alert, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but part two for me, part two for me, um, it just, it just doesn't work. Um, the beginning for me is the best part of the film because I thought it was going to set up for something way, way crazier and way more. Um, I thought there was going to be a lot more at stake 
um, with the with the sequel. Um, Terry showing up to the eleven and telling them, "Give me my money." I thought that was yeah. like you know like BDE. It's you know, like I thought he just just a bad like a badass motherfucker just showing up there and just being like, "Give me my give me what you stole from me with interest." I just thought it was so great, and then. And then uh, when they're all reuniting and they're arguing about why didn't he call it Ocean's Eleven, I thought that was great. To be honest with you, as well. No, it's it's hilarious because like you think they're mad, you think they would be mad at the fact that they have to pay him back, but it's like no, they're mad at the fact that they called it the Ocean's the Ocean's Eleven. I'm sorry, Which I know you like just hilarious. saw my face, but I just took a sip of this shit. What is this, bro? <laughs> oh, oh my god! Uh, I'm just trying a couple angles right now. Yeah, no, I see it, but. I, I think this is a movie that's the parts are greater than the sum instead of the sum is greater than the parts. Because there's a lot of small moments in this movie that I really love. I love this scene with, uh, with where they're trying to guess George Clooney's age at the train station. I think that's really funny. When they put <laughs> Yen in the bag, it, yeah, 50, when they put Yen in the bag and then he's just taken away on the bus and they're just like, well, shit, I mean, I guess we'll get him when we get him. I think that's funny. And then obviously the uh, Julia Roberts playing Julia Roberts scene with Bruce Willis is incredible. I, I hate I that, that scene. That's Stop. probably the scene that I hate the most in the I film. Love that. And I was gonna say that Matt I didn't. Damon's, why do you, why do you guys? Why do you guys so think good. that that's a good idea? I well, I don't know. And that that's what I was saying ahead of time when I was telling you that um, they had a great ensemble. And then in this one, who who greenlit that? Why do you think that that's such a good idea? Julia Roberts playing Julia Roberts. I, I, this is so stupid to me. This, this so set it up really good, though. Like when Matt Damon's like, hey, have you ever noticed that she – don't say it. <laughs> like, don't yeah. it. No, you never say that. Don't ever mention that. Yeah, and then they, it, it comes back, and then Bruce Willis is you know, super pushy. Like, hey, did you fire – or what happened to Mallory? That, that kind of stuff when Matt Damon's like her agent in a way. I think it's good. It also creates an ocean's inception. If you think about it, it doesn't make sense because if Julia Roberts exists, then that means mystic pizza exists. And that means that Matt Damon exists. So does Linus, is he also a Matt Damon doppelganger? And then yeah. also if that, if Matt Damon exists, then, then so does Goodwill hunting. And if Goodwill hunting exists, so does Casey. Casey Affleck. Affleck. Yeah. And then it's just like, it's just so many layers of, so I, I yeah, think it's very meta. The scene is good at its, uh, on the surface, but just like Inception, if you can start poking holes in it, it's going to start falling apart. So you just kind of have to enjoy it at face value. Um, so uh, Jader, uh, actually, no, Jader's a little busy right now. Um, so Ocean's 12, I guess Jader doesn't really want to talk about this one because he hates it so much. I, I really don't like it, dude. I don't, I don't like this film. And I, again, I didn't I I like the beginning more and then once we I just felt it so boring man I don't like and and you know I kind of have to disagree with with Gil again because I did like Rusty's character in the first one and I wanted to see his world and I do know that this is more his movie but again the the Rusty I just I can't even finish sentences I didn't <laughs> like this movie man I did not I don't like it I don't like it at all okay. um the heist at the end was fine it's not um, even really a heist. Here's my problem. Yeah. I don't think they really execute the entire crew that well. I, I think there's smaller interactions, but we don't really get to see them doing anything. We see them get arrested and kind of hang out in a jail cell. But George Clooney's barely in this movie. Matt Damon's barely in this movie. Um, he has good scenes, but it's mostly just Brad Pitt. And we see way more of Catherine Zeta-Jones, which 
she's just I, I don't know she's good in this film but did she need to be what she needed i don't know i would have loved to see angelina jolie in this role um i think that would have worked a lot better had a lot more energy to it uh and and, and also when when uh when when gil said that you spend more time with the crew i feel like we spend more time with the crew in the other ones like at least i cared more what does don movie? huh what does don Cheadle do in this movie well he doesn't do as much as he did in the first one but He's he a, just he's helps a, with the. Isn't, uh, isn't he a producer? Yeah, well, that's what he's spending his money on. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I just, I get kind of lost, and I, I get lost watching this movie. Or I get kind of confused. What's going on? And then you add the, uh, the Nighthawk uh, or whatever he's called, the Night Owl, and Night Fox. Night Fox. Night Fox. The Night. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, Vincent Castle, which I think he's great. I think he's one of the better characters yeah. in this film. I a little, a little more playful, not as menacing as uh, Benedict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought he, I thought he was <laughs> a, a better yeah. character. See, and and I know he's in the third one, in third, in part three, it's fine. Like I felt like I felt like he wasn't needed. See, in this one, I feel like you, whatever. He's in it. It is what it is. And the th in thirteen, I felt like they just threw him in there, you know. Um, but. Continue. So, Night Fox, what were you saying? I just didn't really care for him. I didn't think he was like, yeah, he's a fun character, but he's also not necessary. I just wanted to see another heist. I just wanted to see this crew pull off another heist. And I feel like we really got the intricacies of that in Ocean's 11. And then they just kind of forgot about it in Ocean's 12. It felt like, okay, this movie did a lot of money or made a lot of money. Let's make a sequel to it. And they made the sequel and it just wasn't very good. That's how I kind of sit on it. But, Bert, I mean, tell me, do you think this movie really like sticks the landing? Like I said, I, I can see your uh, you guys' issues with it, but for me, I enjoy it. Like I I watch this, like I said, I watch it as much as the first one. Like I said, if you really love the team and the characters and just having another story with them, because also too, if you like with the three movies, you know you're not you, you realize you're not going to get you know a lot of movies with these guys all together again. So yeah. you got to kind of really appreciate a little bit you know what they're doing. Which I love, so I just I just have a soft spot for Ocean's Twelve. I just really like it. So this one kind of ends with thud, and you know, we kind of go our separate ways, and then we get to Ocean's Thirteen in two thousand seven, three years later, and most of the crew returns. There's no uh, Julia Roberts, but we add ourselves an Al Pacino, uh, and I think that's a great addition to this cast, although underused. Which I, I feel like no one they didn't really get to allow Al Pacino to unleash his full Al Pacino. Because he was at that time already where he's yelling and everything. And it's, you know, that's a lot of fun in these films. And he, I, I mean, think, to be fair, he's been yelling since like dog day afternoon in Scarface, dude. So, yeah, but it was really <laughs> like the heat when they un unleashed Willie him. Bank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Willie Bank. Oh, yeah. Willie Bank. That's a great name for a heist film. <laughs> for a bank manager. His name is Willie Bank. Yes. Willie Bank. Or a casino yeah. manager. Um, so this film kind of goes back to the roots. We're gonna go. We're gonna pull off another heist. But I love. I think for all these films, I love the setup for them. So last one was um, was Andy Garcia trying to get his revenge, and then in this one we see uh, we see Ruben get like kind of double crossed by Willie Bank, and he has a heart attack, and he's laying in bed, and the crew's like, "We're gonna do this for Ruben. We're gonna go rip off this Willie Bank guy who's just a complete asshole." Um, so I really like how they set this thing up, but Jader, you don't seem you say you don't like this franchise, and I feel like you like Ocean's Eight. So what's wrong with Ocean's Thirteen? 
there's nothing too wrong with Ocean's 13. It is, it was the better, I just thought it was way better than I remembered it. Cause I remember me telling like, when we, I would talk about the Ocean's franchise, I would say, hey, I just don't like 12. Um, today, when I saw 13, um, I, I just, again, I was not as invested, man. Like I kept, I like when I'm when I'm watching a movie and I'm sitting down and I'm focused, you know? If I have to pick up my phone and I'm like surfing through Facebook or whatever, I'm, I'm just not not as invested, you know? And I felt like yeah. I did that with, with 13 today. Um, I feel like the, um, again, it's not that I hate it. I like that they went back to the root. I like the motive. I like that Ruben had a heart attack. Um, I like that, you know, Pacino basically fucked him. And he was like, you know, when he was talking about the desks and all that, where they were, they were like, oh, one that the manager desk and the other. He goes, no, there's just gonna be one. You're out. And then they mentioned the Sinatra handshake and all that. And then he goes, you know, screw it or whatever. Suck Sinatra's hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I thought all that was super, super. Dope. I'm sorry for the noise, guys. Um, but um, but yeah, he uh, he. Give me a second. Sorry. Continue. No problem. Uh, Bert, you're a big fan of this franchise, man. What do you what do you like about Ocean's 13? Well, 13 for me, it's not my favorite. It's not like my top two of the it's kind of like on the bottom for me. Not that I don't dislike it or find that there's nothing really wrong with it. It's just not for me. This not really. I don't know. Is it, it isn't as exciting as the first two. Like, I understand, like, you know, the job they're trying to basically screw over is really bang. But um, it just is okay for me. Like, it's it's not – it's not. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's horrible. I just kind of think it's kind of – It just falls in the middle for you? Yeah. Uh, um, they, yeah. Well, here, they were advertising this film when it was coming out as the sequel they should have made because they kind of acknowledged that Ocean's 12 wasn't what audiences were expecting. So, you know, this film comes yeah. out and it's almost like, I'm sorry, here's a, here's a good film for you. And, yeah, it's a fun casino heist film. Uh, Al Pacino is a great addition to the cast, but it doesn't like leave an impression. I just saw this film three days ago and I don't remember too much of what it was about. I remember like an earthquake. I remember the giant casino. I remember Matt Damon with his fucking nose and you know, that's in uh, the helicopter taking off and uh, bringing the casino away, or the safe away with all the jewels in it. That's all I really remember too much of it. Cause I don't think it's a very memorable film. Oh, and Don Cheadle, Don Cheadle has the, uh, the stunt man who comes in with this Cockney accent. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. He does really has a fun scene in this film. Yeah, that was that otherwise, was great. Otherwise, I don't really care to go back and watch this again. I love watching the crew, but um, once again, I think everyone's kind of underutilized. I felt like they had a perfect balance of all the actors in Ocean's Eleven, and they never quite got that back in Twelve and Thirteen. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah, 100%. Um, I thought. Does Thirteen? No, no, go ahead. No, no I was going to say, because 13 kind of goes back to what made the first movie so good. Because you have, like, a Linus and Rusty doing their costumes kind of again, where Rusty's the uh, earthquake guy. He's like, oh, we're wearing the hair and the mustache and all that. And even Danny gets a disguise this time. It's the Freddie Mercury uh, mustache and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. But they kind of go back to what made the first one, you know, memorable. And um, like I said, like, it's not as memorable as the other two. But it's still enjoyable. It felt like they needed to make three films, and we kind of dragged our feet. Or we, we kind of stumbled at the finish line. We made it. We made it, got past the finish line, but we didn't finish first. Um, they crossed. They crossed the finish line with eleven. That's yeah, where it should have ended. 
Uh, I don't know about that. So this franchise ran out of steam coming off Ocean's 13, and it was 11 years later to the date of uh, Ocean's 11, or to the date of Ocean's 13, that we got Ocean's 8. So it was announced that we're going to get an all-female version of the Ocean's franchise, and we're going to grab Sandra Bullock to lead us, followed by Kate Blanchett and Hathaway, and um, then we're going to throw on Sarah Paulson and Aquafina and Hella Bottom Carter and like just a Rihanna. And Rihanna out of nowhere decides that she wants to be eight in ball. a good movie. Um, eight Ball, yeah, great character. And I think this movie is awesome. I think this might be, the more I think about it, this might be my favorite in the franchise because they they take, they're, they're almost like Whoa. they're. Whoa. Oh, don't give me this, that this film's bad. This film's great. Um, no, no, it's not bad. They're no, breathing new life into the franchise, though, because we're not just seeing the same crew that got tired. We're trying something different. Now Danny Ocean's got a sister that he never really mentioned, which is, you know, kind of frustrating. And Danny Ocean's supposedly dead in this. Um, but Sandra Bullock is great. She feels like she's part of the, the Ocean family. And she gets out of jail. The film starts just like Ocean's Eleven does with Clooney at, uh, doing yeah. his parole hearing, and now uh, Sandra Bullock's at her parole hearing. That was a nice. That was a nice little callback. That's yeah, a nice and callback to it, how do you how do you get the female version of a George Clooney Brad Pitt dynamic? We're gonna have Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanchett. That's an awesome back and forth right there, and I really like yeah. the twist of what we see later in the film. That Anne Hathaway decides she wants to be a part of this heist, and you the entire time as you're watching the heist, you think she's getting getting con. She's the one that's going to get robbed, yeah. Yeah, and then she's like, she jumps right back in and is a part of this heist. So I really love this film. I've seen it like four times now since it's been out. I think it's very rewatchable. Like the open up with Sandra Bullock going to uh, that makeup store, and she just grabs stuff off the counters and then puts it on the counter. And she's like, I'd like to return these things. And she's like, well, where's your receipt? I don't have one. Well, we need your receipt. Fine. I'll just take them. And she walks out with all that makeup and then she secures herself a hotel room. I don't know. I just think this film is, you know, very, very entertaining. I think we lost Bert. So Jader, I kind of want to let you jump in here. Uh, how do you feel about Ocean's 8? Um, now, after watching these two, uh, yeah. it's, it's fantastic. It's the literally the second best in the, in the franchise. Um, I didn't feel that way for some reason when I first saw it. Um, that it's not that I hated it or anything like that, but I didn't find anything. I, I when you said breath of fresh air, I didn't see anything too new besides an all female cast. Um, I did like the I did crazy enough, man. I loved Rihanna in this film. I thought her character was fantastic. Yeah, she was so great in this film. Obviously, Blanchett being the rusty. Uh, a uh, bully being uh, obviously well, she is ocean. Yeah. Um, but um, overall, the one thing that I did not like at first was I didn't buy the twist at the end. At first, the whole that uh, Anne Hathaway, you know, wanted to be a part of it, so she's in on it now. I I don't know why I felt like that was just kind of like shoehorned in there, like it was just thrown to to do a shock value or whatever, or to add her part of the crew for maybe future installments or, or whatnot. But the second time around, I really did. I, 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 I think it was just because I just dreaded watching the other two that, <laughs> I, that it was in fact, and it wasn't a breath of fresh air when I saw it, when it first came out, but seeing it now, cause this was honestly the second time that I saw Ocean's eight as well. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I found that like a breath of fresh air was like, oh, there's the dynamic that we got from the first one. Yes. There it is. This is the closest to 011 that we got out of the other sequels, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. uh, uh, again. Uh, well, each character feels very unique. Like you were mentioning Rihanna as 8-Ball. That's a great character that she kind of created as this that hacker character who's, I think, way better than Livingston. Livingston's a good character in the, uh, the first three. But I think Rihanna's a way better version of that hacker character. Agreed, um, agreed, yeah. agreed, agreed. No, she was a memorable, memorable, yes. even though Livingston was great. Mm -hmm. Not well. I want to say great either, but he was he was he was fine for the role. You know, yeah. we we got what we needed to get, and that was that. But but I I remember that every time Rihanna was on screen, I was like, give me more of her. You know, yeah. uh, I thought her character was so awesome. Aquafina was freaking hilarious. She's she awesome. owns she really? owns that role, and that was the first time I think that I saw her. If I'm not mistaken, maybe I would have seen her Neighbors, in another film. Neighbors two, she has a small role in, but that's in which one? Neighbors two. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe neighbors too. No, but this is the one where she, for me, was the. Uh, she kind of like broke out for me in this film because after that, I was like, "Who is she?" And then when she got casted for other films, I was like, "Oh, I like her. She's funny," you know. Yeah. So, and uh, let's not even talk about the farewell because she was fantastic in that. But um, I believe her as a pickpocket. Like I felt like that's what she's been doing her entire life is someone who's just scamming wow. on the streets and taking watches off of people. Like when Rihanna goes into the building as a janitor, they need that key card, and Aquafina just bumps into anyone is able to get whatever she wants. Ooh. That yep. it feels very choreographed and ready to go. Um, so. Who else is there? There we have uh, someone we didn't mention yet, Mindy Kaling. Um, Mindy Kaling I, as the uh, the the jeweler, the jewelry maker, jewelry maker. Yeah, man, she's she, she's really cool too. Like I'm usually not a fan of Mindy Kaling's um, her acting work. I love her writing, but her acting I haven't been crazy about. But she feels like she's a good addition to this cast in this one. Yeah. Um, Dota Bottom Carter as the the failed uh, dressmaker, the fashion designer, it really works because you haven't seen Bottom Carter really hit her her apex, which we'll get to in the nineties with, you know, fight club and all the films and all this stuff. Yeah. And then I felt like we kind of forgot about her. Now the see her pop back up notions. Eight was really fun. And then obviously you have the three big name actresses, which we'll, you know, we'll get to eventually, Bert, uh, you disappeared for a little bit, but you're back. How do all you right. feel about oceans eight, man? Uh, oceans eight, I like a lot. Um, I actually, when I saw it yet the other day, I hadn't seen it since I originally reviewed it a couple years ago when it came out. And I remember really enjoying it. Um, even though Sandra Bullock isn't necessarily my cup of tea. But um, what's, wrong? what's wrong with Sandra Bullock, what? bro? Nah, it's just um I don't know, it's hard to explain. But uh okay. she I liked her in this movie. In terms of the two, like I like Kate, I thought Kate, Kate Blanchett was perfect as basically like the female Rusty. Yeah. And for me, the person the person that stole the movie was Anne Hathaway. Absolutely, Anne Hathaway is incredible in this movie. Yes, because I wasn't expecting her. I would, I kind of forgot from the trailers that she was going to be part of the team until the end. But yeah. for the whole movie, like the whole stuff where she's throwing up in the bathroom and when she's trying on the necklace, and she's she hams it up so well. Like, well, she, yeah, she has this uh, stigma to her of just being this diva prima donna and i felt like she yeah. really that she's like oh i hear what you guys are saying so i'm gonna do that in this film up to a 15 i'm just gonna turn it up as high as i can and i agree with you uh -huh. she steals this film she wins this film to me 
Um, yeah. We're not doing the film specifically. We're doing the entire franchise, but I think she's a strong contender for that, which we'll get into. She's the one that I'm always looking at. And then when she she's finally uh, part of the crew and she goes back to Claude Beckett's uh, apartment to tie him down with the handcuffs. And she's like, you want to play a card game? And is doing all this extreme yeah. overacting but it's for the character it just works really well so i'm glad she like took a risk in doing yeah. this um and she almost didn't which we'll get to in casting what ifs um so i think oceans eight is like i really want a sequel to this film i don't know about you guys i want an oceans nine i want to see danny ocean yeah, not because he's totally not dead uh he's definitely alive i want to see i was brother almost sister, me. Uh, brother, a brother a brother and sister uh a little team little up team up heist yeah I can definitely get behind that. We can get an eight, so nine, I swear, and ten. I swear at the end of the movie, I thought that he was going to show up. I was, mm-hmm. I was waiting for it. I was just like, he's not dead. He's still here. Well, it was really cool to see uh, Ruben show up at the beginning of the film yeah. at yeah. the cemetery, which it appears like uh, Debbie sent out her plan to rob the Met Gala uh, to all of the Ocean's family. And Ruben's the only one who really showed up to say, "Uh, we better, uh, we better stop her before she goes too far, and ends up back in jail." Um, and then we see, uh, what's his name again? Uh, Yin. Yen. 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 Yeah. yeah, bro, that was in watching that in the theater. I popped mm-hmm. so hard because I was like, "Oh shit, it's Yen!" Oh, that's yeah. what I, was I was like, "Hell yeah!" That's yeah, nobody else is like. I guess it was like a casual kind of a thing. But I was like, "Oh shit, that's Yen." Cool. The scene where Blanchett goes to recruit him is a really well shot scene because you see the, the trapeze going on that the net kind of bounce down and go back up and then boom, she's standing there with her long coat just like blowing in the wind. I love it. I, yeah. I think this this film had a lot of fun and it really set up for you know, like I want to see more of this team and maybe add in someone else and then like let's combine the families. Let's see what happens. I think there's a lot of potential with this franchise, which I don't know why they even announced in Ocean's 9 at this point. Um, because this movie did well, it made almost 300 million off a 60 million dollar budget. It's profitable, uh-huh. people went to see it. Maybe the stars are requesting too much money, I don't know. But if you can get everyone on board and have a great script, I feel like the possibilities are endless. Um, something else, yeah. Matt, both Matt Damon and uh, Carl Reiner filmed cameos for this film, but they were ultimately cut at the end, yeah. which sucked because I would have loved to see that. Oh man, I had no idea about that. So they were really working yeah, toward that. Even went around for a while before that movie came out, and he he cameos in every Soderbergh film. It feels like so it would have been cool to see him. <laughs> That's true. Uh, let's get to the categories here. Um, we'll bring back up the whole Ocean's franchise. So let's start with the big one: best scene. Um, there's many scenes to choose from. Bert, where did you go for this? My best scene, I would say, is uh, Rusty and. Rusty and Terry on the phone when the robbery is going on. Rusty That's probably my point. favorite scene. Okay. Yeah, in the first one. That's probably my favorite sequence. Uh, just the fact that, you know, that Benedict is just like completely oblivious to what's going on. And Rusty is just like, oh, we're. Man, you know, oh, you. you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna give it to us. And it's just like, okay. It, it's just, and plus, you know, Andy Garcia, he has so much restraint up to that because he never gives yeah. you a little bit of a screamer a little bit <laughs> um maybe it's the cuban in him i don't know uh but uh it kind of builds up to that point but you know right when that ends it is like a, and he's like oh call the police and tell me how the hell they hack into my system like he just yeah. lets it out you're just like oh shit like it's you know it's intense but yeah that whole conversation because rusty 
when Ju- when a uh, Tess walks up to him, she's kind of like, you know, he's just like, oh, one sec, hold please. It's, just, yeah. <laughs> it's like when he's doing all this threatening, and he's like, hold please. It's hilarious. Yeah, that's probably my favorite overall. Um, team. I th- all right, Jader, another quick trivia question for you. All right, you're gonna you can get this one. You can get this one. What's the casino that they rob in Ocean's Eleven? The Bellagio. Yes. Okay. He got one. All right. That one I got. One. What's, your one favorite, I got. what's your best scene? Uh, my favorite. So many. I love this movie so much. I hate the other ones, as you can clearly tell. I don't <laughs> like them, man. So um, this is gonna be easy. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's Ocean's Eleven all the way, and it should have ended there. Yeah, uh, I would have liked if the sequel literally was Ocean's Eight. And then Oceans 9 or 13 was the combination of all of them. You get me? And that's probably too much. But just having – I think that would have been way better had they done uh, Danny's version, uh, Bullock's version, and then all of a sudden – all of a sudden um, – They're all coming. And then they, they do something. Yeah, man. Because for me, 12 and 13, man, Jader, if you don't give 13 its credit. Oh, look, my boy Laurent. <laughs> <laughs> man, oh, man, I'm so – Tune in. I rewind the show, dude. Uh, but yeah, for me, my favorite scene on uh, in Ocean's Eleven, which is the only Ocean's film that I will recognize from here on out. Besides, oh no, well, I can't say that. I like that. Um, I loved the, and you had mentioned it earlier, uh, Gil. It's the scene with uh, Rusty, Danny, and Ruben. Um, that whole fiasco where it's like, oh, it's never been tried, and then he gives them the story. But my favorite part is literally. Um, it's all that, but I love the recruiting. You know, yeah. when they're recruiting every single one of them, I love that scene because, again, first time you see it, you're like, man, this, this is a badass scene because you're seeing what everybody does. But after you've seen that movie so many times, you already know what each and one of them do, and you're like, hell yeah, like this is the first time they're going to get together and do this heist, you know? So for me, yeah. that, that, that scene for me will forever. And, and again, there's so many. Uh, the ending, the reveal on how they they stole from Benedict. I think that's fantastic as well. You get me? But for me, hands down, every time that I get all giddy is from the moment they go sit down with Ruben throughout, man. Because that whole monologue that he gives about like, oh, it's never been tried, this and that and that. And he goes, yeah, you got to be nuts. on What do you say? Uh, and you're going to need a crew as nuts as you. He goes, so who do you got in mind? And then, boom, it cuts to that scene. That for me is super dope, man. Yeah, you know, but uh, but yeah, that's that's all. That's me, man. What's up, you? What's up with you, Kyle? What's your favorite? All right, scene? Uh, my my favorite scene is uh, how old is George Clooney? I think that's a great little, uh, a great little uh, fourth wall breaking scene where like, do you, how old do you think I am, uh, Casey Affleck? Oh, forty eight. They're all going back and forth. Um, I believe I found how old he was. I think it was forty two years old. Is how George, old George Clooney actually was at that moment when they're doing that scene. So I think that's I, I like that scene a lot. I, um, and I also think the Bruce Willis scene is a good uh, a good runner up, even though Jader hates it. Um, yeah. Best line, best line is our next category here. Uh, this is my favorite line. I'm going to go first on this one. Is Linus and Rusty at the train station in Ocean's Twelve is when 
uh, Linus says, hey, can I ask you something? And Rusty responds with, if you're going to ask me a question, unless you're asking rhetorically, in which case the answer is obvious. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Rusty's so cool in the second film. Like he, He's really cool in the first film, but then yeah. he turns it up a notch because it's Brad Pitt. He wears all the, these outfits that no one should wear. He eats all this food for someone who sh- doesn't look like that. Um, That's something we haven't talked about. Russ, I, that's what I love about Rusty too. He eats all the time. Yeah, Every he's always eating. He's, eating he's always eating. Yeah, absolutely. He never gains weight. It's nothing but yeah. eating. Um, so yeah, that, that's my favorite line in, in in this entire franchise. I think the close runner-up is in Ocean's Eight when um, Kate Blanchett and Sandra Bullock are going through uh, pictures of people, and she shows a guy and says, "What about him?" And she goes, "Because he's I don't want him. Why? Because he's a him." And why can't we have a him? And she goes, we can't have a him because hymns get seen and hers aren't. And for once in our lives, we want to be ignored. I think that's a really good introspective. Yeah, yeah, it's a powerful yeah, line. And I think it kind powerful. of gets overlooked. And it's kind of, I think this Ocean's 8 was a little too close to the Ghostbusters female reboot. And people looked at it as the same way when it's not the same at all. Um, you shouldn't be objective to an all-female version of films that came previous. Let them have their chance, you know? And I think Ocean's 8 proved that it can be just as good and be just as worthy in the franchise. Um, but best line, that's I think that's a close runner-up for me. Jader, what do you got? For me, it comes from Ocean's 11, surprise, surprise. But And it's more of a scene that works, but I don't know why every time, and I crack up every time they say this line, and it's when, uh, the, uh, and again, the recruiting scene where Rusty's laying down, and um, he goes, oh, and Saul makes 10. He goes, 10 ought to do it, don't you think? And then he says nothing. And then he goes, you think we, should, we need one more? And then he does says nothing. And he goes, all right, we'll get one more. Love that shit. Love that scene. Love that line. It's like, it's one of my favorites, man. So that's mine. Uh, my, favorite, uh, my favorite line is also from Ocean's Eleven. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Uh, also features Rusty. Notice something here. I really like Rusty as a character. Yeah, no shit. Um, he's, an amazing character. Uh, he's an amazing when, character. It's, dude. When, it's when he's uh, getting uh, info from Linus, who has been shadowing Benedict throughout the time. And it's when the first time you see Tess in the movie. Yeah. It's when uh, he comes down and it's like, oh, uh, you know, Linus is literally like so, so worried and so scared. He's like, oh, you, you guys really do know how to pick him, huh? He's yeah. like, you scared? He's like, are you suicidal? And then Russ yeah. is like, only in the morning. Only in the morning. So it tells you so much about him. <laughs> yes, I love that. Just his delivery. Yeah, so good. Um, I'm going to read off some. Well, he's eating a shrimp cocktail, of course. Yeah, he's always eating. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm going to read off some casting what ifs. Get ready for this, guys. Like, so many casting what ifs. All right. First. Bruce Willis was originally cast as Danny Ocean, but then ultimately ended up passing and giving it to George Clooney. That completely different movie. If Bruce oh, yeah. Willis and Danny Ocean, yeah. completely different movie. And then obviously you see Bruce Willis and Ocean's 12 to kind of make up for it. But I'm so glad he did not do this film because George Clooney is like, he is Danny Ocean to me. Um, twice. Mark Wahlberg was originally supposed to be Linus, which yep. is another completely different. Well, I guess they're both Boston guys. And Boston. I think it's funny you get to see the um, showdown and departed years later. But in 2004, when Matt Damon was ready to pass on this film, 
uh, because he was so exhausted from Bourne. They were ready to give it to Mark Wahlberg again. And then Damon ultimately ended up saying, oh, no, 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 please. <laughs> he came back and he did Ocean's 12 and 13. Um, but I think Mark Wahlberg also, Bruce Willis, Mark Wahlberg film with Brad Pitt in it is a completely different film on the top. Uh, Luke and Owen Wilson were almost in Casey Affleck and Scott Conn's part. And, but then they ultimately oh. ended up having the pass to go do the Royal Tenenbaums, which Danny Glover also had to do that. He turned down Frank uh, to go do Royal Tenenbaums instead also. So another mm-hmm. you know, completely different film right there. I think Luke and Owen Wilson would have been really fun as the two brothers, uh, just not as turned up to a 12 as the, those guys. I think, yeah, see, I think, I honestly think that would have worked, man. Yeah. Like, it, in, in all true Soderbergh style and all that, I think that would have worked, absolutely. Carol, did you see who else was, was going to be the originally were going to be the twins? Uh, I have I have one more coming up. Actually, two right oh, okay. now. Cohen brothers. Cohen brothers yeah. are almost going to be the twins. That would have been crazy. I don't. How would that have even worked? Like they they're not actors. They're directors and writers. Yeah. I don't know. That would have been a weird uh, weird little insert there. Let's go to um, Ewan McGregor and Lenny James were both considered for the role of Basher. Uh, I think that's you know completely different casting right there. Here's a big one. Yeah. Johnny Depp was originally in the role of Linus. Oh, yeah. And then something happened where they had to switch him out. I can see Mark Wahlberg in the role more than Johnny Depp. Like, way yeah. more than Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. Even though this is 2001, Johnny Depp. This is pre-Pirates, dude. This is yeah. pre-Pirates. So. Well, I mean, I it's, not that, it's not that I can't see Johnny Depp. It's I can't see Mark Wahlberg. Because the character of Linus is just so... It's really more with Matt Damon because Matt Damon does such a good job of playing weird, Us. insecure, kind of quiet characters. Yeah, that you know he that I feel like if it's, if uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg was going to play Linus, it would be completely different. Yeah, but I don't think it would yeah. work because Linus has to Linus has to be that kind of yeah you know insecure, quiet, kind of weird guy in the first movie and kind of grows into what he becomes later. But I don't think Wahlberg would have worked in that the way got, did. Got a couple more here. Ray Fiennes was in consideration for an unspecified role. I think it would have been for Andy Garcia's role, which I think he would have worked. He in could that. he could have worked on that. Yeah, if it was if it was for Benedict, yeah. Two guys were considered for Saul in Carl uh, Reiner's part: Alan Arkin and Don Rickles. Both would have been amazing in this. Yeah, movie. I was gonna tell you. I yeah. was gonna say if if it's a Saul, I was gonna tell you because I see Alan Arkin. Yeah. When you see yeah. Saul's character, you get me? But I'm glad it went to Carl Reiner. I mean, he did a fantastic job. He's one of my favorite characters in the in the, uh, in the franchise. He's actually, whenever he was on a scene on, on 12 and, and 13, I was, I, was, my, my, I was focused. You get me? So he's one of the better characters in the show. So I can actually get that. But if you see, you tell me Alan Arkin's going to be in it. Same, totally yeah, like yeah. same thing. Both work. Um, totally down. I got two for Ocean's 8. Elizabeth Banks was originally approached for an unspecified role. I don't know who she would have played, but I think she, probably Sarah Paulson's role, I feel like. But I think she would have yeah. been great as part of the team. And then finally, the big one. Anne Hathaway was not the first choice to play uh, Daphne Kluger. She was actually, uh, the, this actress was actually offered the role and accepted the role at first, but I had to turn it down. Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence was was took the role of Daphne Kluger, but then scheduling conflicts with Silver Linings Playbook came up and she passed. Um, I love Jennifer Lawrence as an actress. I think she's very strong and, very, and underrated at this point. Um, 
but Anne Hathaway is Daphne Kluger. She knew what to do with this character, and I just think Lawrence wouldn't have done the same. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I don't think she, she would have been able to pull that off. So that's casting what ifs. Let's go on to the Mahershala Ali Award for Best Sharpshooter. Uh, so this is the character who is only not in too many scenes, but in the scenes they're in, they leave a huge impact. Uh, Jader, you go first, man. Who's your Mahershala Ali Award winner? This is this is supporting, not not a cameo, right? Yeah. Okay, so come back to me, bro. You got a couple, let's say you got a couple nominees. You got Carl Reiner. I think you got Casey Affleck and Scott Kahn. And you got Aquafina. Oh, see, I wasn't I wasn't even thinking main characters to be completely honest with you. But okay, so no, you know what? If you're doing if we're doing that, I'm gonna tell you right now it's Carl Reiner for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Carl Reiner for me, man. I like I said, every scene that he was in, man, I feel like he's he would steal the scene. Um, every time that that he was on the screen, I was focused. I was listening to what he was saying. He was off screen. I was like back to scrolling. Uh, at least with twelve and thirteen. <laughs> yeah, at least yeah. with twelve and thirteen, you know. Um, I think I think uh, saw such an amazing character, and I loved loved the intro in uh, twelve when he's at the uh, at the restaurant or hotel wherever he's at, and then um, they're giving him his card back. Yeah, and then he goes, "Oh well, you know what's going on?" And then they're like, "Oh, Mr. Benedict." He's like, "Oh, Benedict!" Like he's like, "Oh shit!" I love that scene. I love that. Oh, scene, he's dude. a practical joker. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought that was fantastic, man. So yeah, for me, it's it's Carl Reiner, hands down. Bert, you're going Reiner too. Yeah, it's just okay. in the first one, really, because his part is one of the big, the bigger integral parts in the whole scheme. Mm-hmm. that they're doing like especially the first scene where he uh gets he get he gets benedict to put the his briefcase in the box and he's like oh because uh, all of it's is it'll be safe in the house safe he's like uh the house safe is grand yeah <laughs> very 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 good and he's sweating like crazy he's no, he's well. yeah. I, I almost went with hathaway but i feel like she's in too many scenes to be considered for this role so i we went up with reiner also I, I for some reason I really like Casey Affleck in this and his role too. I almost went with him, but ultimately this is Carl Reiner's, and I'm glad that we're doing it this week when he's passed away to honor him. And this award definitely deserves to go to him. Let's yeah. move on to the Bill Murray Award for Best Cameo. You got a lot, a lot of cameos, especially in Ocean's Eight. I think there's so many cameos. Um, I narrowed it down to two, and you guys might have someone different, but I went with two. It's either Bruce Willis or Heidi Klum. Mine is Bruce Willis. <laughs> I kind of obvious. Yeah, and 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 to be honest with you, it's crazy because you know I don't like that movie, but I thought even though I hate that idea of what was going on, I felt like he showed up, he did what he needed to do, and his it was memorable. For me, I remember obviously them doing the whole uh, Julia Robert Julia Robert thing, Mm -hmm. but for me, I was looking for as much as I hate that idea. uh, I like the fact. I re- what I remember the most was like, oh, but we get Bruce Willis in that scene. And I think that was fantastic, you know, because I thought he, the whole him questioning every single move because he knows Julia Roberts so well. And when she's about to sign the autograph where, you know, Catherine Zeta-Jones actually like knows it's her. She goes, aren't you a lefty? And he goes, yeah, you are. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, oh, man. So that, that that's who I picked for cameo. That was that was my pick. Is that your pick too, Bert? Uh, well, for it's all, cameo, all four films, remember that. Hmm. Yeah, I was probably say Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I, I, I like I like Heidi Klum's little uh, back and forth of Sandra Bullock in Ocean's Eight, and I, there's so many in Ocean's Eight with it. Like you know, you see Olivia Watt, or Olivia Watt, Olivia Munn, and you see the Kardashians, and you see uh, yeah. just so many over and over again. So they threw they threw a whole kitchen sink at that one, but no one had like a big enough role to be considered for best cameo. I think. Uh, Jader, do you want to do this one, the Gary Oldman Award? Do you want to say it? No, you can go ahead. Go ahead. This is the Gary Oldman Everyone Award for overacting. Um, I it's tough because I think I think we're gonna have different answers on this one. I'm tied between Don Cheadle and Elliot Gould because I think yeah. The Cheadle's accent is just all over the place, especially in the first one. And then the other two, he even tried to get rid of it afterwards because he knew it was so bad. Uh, but they t- his agent told him he had to keep it. I think Elliot Gould is turned up to like a 20, but he's really enjoyable. This is not an insulting award. It's, they, it, it's like 80% praise and 20% insulting in a way. I think I'm going to go towards Elliot Gould. Uh, I don't know about you guys. Who do you have for this? All right, go ahead, Bert. You go first. I think mine for overacting is probably uh, specifically one because he shows up twice. But for me, it's uh, Topher Grace in the second one. (laughs) (laughs) That's a camera. I think that has to be. It's just like I totally phoned it in a Dennis Quaid movie. I don't don't know what it was, but like, so it was a little too much for me. Hope for grace. <laughs> In the first one, he's not as bad, but the second yeah, one is the second one, man. Yeah, I was like, Ugh. yeah, yeah. It's dude. like, what's he, well, what's he doing in the second one? We didn't need him at all. Um, exactly. All right, interesting details I found. Let me pull them up. And there's quite a bit, uh, especially from Ocean's Eleven. So at the time, Julia Roberts was making twenty million dollars per movie. And George Clooney sent her the script with a $20 bill in it and said, Hey, you heard you're getting 20 per picture now with that note on it. And then the $20 bill, the entire crap, entire cast took pay cuts in order to do this film for uh, oceans 11, 12 and 13. Cause they all just loved working with each other so much. Um, what else do we got here? The cat, I told you about how they loved uh, ha- hanging out with Carl Reiner during their downtime. Um, the cast did gamble during off hours while there's disagreement who won the most. Uh, George Clooney says Matt Damon and Damon says Brad Pitt. Clooney managed to lose 25 hands of, jet, of blackjack in a row. So I think that's pretty funny about how bad George Clooney is at betting. Um, and I feel like Matt Damon makes the most sense, especially after his rounders experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, worked for less money. All of them did. Um Let's see what else we got here. I told you about Don Cheadle, the Wilson brothers, the Don Cheadle being mad. Um, there's not too much more. George Clooney, 42 years old, uh, while in production in Rome for Ocean 12. Okay, Brad Pitt and George Clooney were not allowed back into their hotel because the doorman thought they were bargains var- after the actors were caught in the rainstorm while jogging. Could you imagine being the guy who doesn't let in George Clooney and Brad Pitt into a hotel? <laughs> you think that guy kept his job? Not anymore, right? I have a few, actually. Uh, Go for so it. many other ones. Go, man. So apparently, in in Ocean's Thirteen, the uh, casino, well, the hotel that they're at, the bank hotel, that was actually all shot on soundstage. They built that completely accurate to the standards of the actual casino, mm-hmm. and it looks flawless. You don't even notice it in the movie. And also, what was the other one I had? 
I'll come back to it. But yeah, that was a pretty big one. I got another what if that I just uh, remembered. Bob Einstein plays Matt Damon's dad yeah. in the Motion Star yeah. team. We kind of forgot about him. Rest in peace to him too, because he's a wonderfully comedic actor. He wasn't he's the first. Choice. He wasn't the first choice though. Clint Eastwood was originally supposed to be Matt Damon's father in these films. Yeah. Really? He even talked about it wow. back in Ocean's 12. Clint Eastwood was supposed to come in. Ultimately, they didn't have anybody come in to play his father, Bobby. And then in Ocean's 13, he was considered again and then ultimately passed and went to Bob Einstein. I think that would have been a weird father-son dynamic right there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Damn, so I thought his dad – no, his dad does come in 13. That's right. His mom is the one. Yeah, that he's the, See, he's, I feel like everything he's, he's the agent. That's right. That's right. That's right. That arrests him. Um, mm-hmm. Listen to this Ocean's 8 uh, jewelry that they have here. The eight main cast members have won four Oscars, two Emmys, nine Grammys, six Golden Globes, five BAFTAs, and ten SAGs combined. That's an all-star cast right there yeah, for Ocean's bro. 8. Yeah. Um, and then I can name every cameo that was in Ocean's 8 as well. Anna Winter, Zayn Malik, Katie Holmes, Maria Sharapova, Serena Williams, Kim Kardashian, Common, Adrian Lima, Designer, Kylie Jenner, Alexander Wong, Kendall Jenner, Ira Glass, Gigi Hadid, Lily Aldridge, Olivia Munn, Jamie King, Zach Posen, Haley Bieber, Derek Blasberg, Sophia Ritchie, Heidi Klum, Kelly Robrook, and Lauren Domingo. That's a lot. Jesus. <laughs> One guy I don't want to talk about too much, but I think we should bring up is James Corden. I thought he was kind of annoying in Ocean's 8 at the end as the insurance agent. I love that man. I don't think he was tell you. I love that he's man. All right. Um, I didn't care for him in this role. No. I've heard actually he kind of has that Ellen DeGeneres uh, stigma around him too, where they're not the person they seem on camera, but that's a discussion for another day. Um, and finally, uh, Richard Armitage, another casting one. Richard Armitage uh, took over the role of Claude Becker from Damian Lewis on short notice. So, Oh, wow. He, yeah, Damian Lewis was almost Claude Becker. Wow. Uh, so let's get to the big one. Let's get to Apex Mountain. Is this anyone's Apex Mountain in any of these films? As I think Soderbergh is the one that's definitely this is his Apex. Yeah, that, that was my pick for Apex. It was Soderbergh. Um, I love a lot of his films, but nothing, nothing even – like remotely close to Ocean's Eleven for me. Um, he has a lot of solid movies. Don't get me wrong, but for me, this is his yeah. best film. Yeah, nobody else is to be completely honest with you. It's not. It's not Damon's best film. It's not Clooney's best film. It's not Brad Pitt's best film. It's not. Uh, not even a uh, Elliot Gould. Uh, Elliot Gould's best role because I love him as a as a uh, Jack Jack Geller. Yeah, bro. That for me is his best role, dude. Um, <laughs> But here's the thing, Apex. It might, be, it might be. Oh no, not even, not even. I was gonna say maybe Topher Grace's best role because I hate him, but I love him in Black Klansman. Um, so um, here's the thing, Jader. Though yeah. Apex isn't ex- precisely your best movie. It's all. It's like the peak of your career where you can really do whatever you want, and it's like the height of your powers. I think we can have a discussion about George Clooney. Here's why: his roles get better from here, acting wise, but. He is George Clooney, the highest paid actor in Hollywood after this film. This film is what gets him there. Ocean's 11, 12, and 13. They get him there. They lead to Michael Clayton, to Up in the Air, to uh, The Descendants, to um, Ides of March, all these films where he's really able to did do Did he do Old Brother? He did Old Brother after this as well, right? Yeah. Uh, Hail Caesar. Yeah. Like, even though that's yeah. not a good movie, they, this guy is doing whatever he wants. I think he's working up towards Ocean's Eleven at the beginning of his career. 
hits his peak and is able to do whatever he wants from here on out uh, all the way down. I think Clooney is someone we're going to have a discussion about. I don't know what you, you can. guys You can, you can. I still, I'm still going to stick to Suddenberg. Uh, um, but you can't have that argument. I, I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't argue with you if you tell me you pick Clooney, to be honest with you. Bert, what do you think? Can't hear you. Turn up, bro. I think gravity is a um, a bigger kind of a general audience movie. That's not his movie. I think more people saw gravity. Ugh, but I don't, I don't know, think this man. is this is not this is not George Clooney's apex. I think this is Andy Garcia's apex. You don't think it's Godfather? But, yeah. Well, not God Godfather. Which one? Three. Well, he's only he's only in three. We don't talk about that. One. We no, don't I know, I know, I know, I know. But honestly, that's where exist. we might not. I mean, like yeah, he made he made his name in that movie. But for me, like when I think, you know, Andy Garcia, what movie? Oh, we're losing you, Bert. We can't hear your voice. You hear me now? Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say, anything, but I think Garcia. You're like in and out, dude. You're like in yeah. and out. I can't hear you. You're, I think you're like hitting the volume button or something on the side of your phone. You hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Perfect. Okay. No, I was gonna say. Um, I think when most people think Andy Garcia, they think about his role in Oceans. Because I mean, obviously, he he was you know he blew up because of Godfather Three, but I don't necessarily think that's his apex. Because I mean, you look, we can love the crew all all we want, but they have to have a great antagonist. And Terry Benedict is a great antagonist in the series. Oh no, I don't take that He's away from him whatsoever. I don't take that that yeah. away from him whatsoever. But you know what? You can argue that you you really can. That's another one. Um, and I'm not saying I'm not saying okay. work that he did after was was subpar, but you know it's just I don't really it doesn't come to mind like right away for me. I think you're gonna you can also throw in people like. Uh, Scott Kahn, I think this is his apex because he really doesn't get any bigger than this. I mean, he does Hawaii Five O, but do people really watch network TV? Huh? Oh, Entourage? No. Entourage? Yeah. He was, yeah. He was really good. He was really good in Entourage. Okay, I haven't seen it. Um, yeah. Livingston, this That's is why. this is his apex mountain. Um, I found his name, Shobu Kin, who plays uh, Yin. This is his Apex Mountain because this is all he's ever done. And yeah, uh, this is the only movie he's done. Yeah. <laughs> David Holmes, this is the composer. This is Apex Mountain uh, for sure. I was looking at his sure. IMDb. This is definitely his most yeah. significant work. Um, all right. I'll, we were going to skip what does the sequel to this movie look like because we've seen the sequels to these movies. It's more of what do we want to see in the future, which we've said already. We want to see both the yeah. female crew and the male crew come together and do like this big heist just to end this franchise at five yeah. films. I think that'd be awesome. Um, all right, let's do it. Who won the movie? Who won this franchise, I guess? That's how it is. Is it Sod? I think you have three. It's either Soderbergh, Clooney, Pitt. And if we want to throw in one of the females, I think we throw in Hathaway. But it's just, I think those are your four. Oh, my God. Um, it's not Soderbergh for me. And the only reason why is because he directed the other two that suck. <laughs> so I can't, I can't, I can't give him that 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 award. 
Um, I felt like Clooney and Rusty's character were very consistent throughout the film, as much as I didn't like the films, but their characters stayed on par. Um, and if I'm going to pick favorites, then I'm going to go Brad Pitt uh, over Danny Ocean, even though Danny Ocean, like, I just liked everything about, I loved the character of Danny Ocean. Um, but Pitt, Pitt's one-liners and his, his, you know, just everything about him, man, he's just he's a cool motherfucker. So. For me, Brad Pitt won the movie. Um, Anne Hathaway did awesome, like I said. But as much as I, I know both of you agree that she stole the movie, um, I like Blanchett. And I think I just like that type of character because Blanchett is just like Rusty. You get me? Cool, yeah. Yeah. So, but for me, so I, I give my award to Pitt, man. Go ahead, Bert. I agree. I think uh, Brad Pitt. Uh, we're losing you again, man. We're losing you again, man. What are you doing? Sorry. Nope. I think he's going Brad Pitt at this point. He's just <laughs> just zooming in on. Give me a thumbs up. Is it is it Brad Pitt? Is that who you're picking? Okay, he's going Brad Pitt. Um, I'm okay. It's almost unfair to throw the women in this category because they're going back three films to one. And exactly. It's, it's not fair, so we kind of have to separate them. If we're doing Ocean's 8 versus the trilogy, Ocean's 8, I would say Hathaway won that film. But if we're going with the entire franchise, they really can't qualify. So I'm going to I'm gonna go George Clooney. And okay. I think Brad Pitt's the coolest guy in these films, and he's a character I remember. But Danny, it's called Oceans. And Danny Ocean, it doesn't work if Danny Ocean isn't yeah. a significant character, isn't a really cool, great leader. And George Clooney, his... I think his best trait is he makes every role feel effortless. He feels like we could do that. And in this film, it just, it's the same exact thing. I feel like I could be a master thief, just like George Clooney, just like Danny Ocean. And it's just a testament to how relatable George Clooney is and how well he plays that role. So I'm going to, even though he's not as much in the second film, I think he ties it right back into the third one. And I feel like if we do get a five, he's still alive. And to see him back and forth with Sandra Bullock, his sister, would be great. Which I'm would be go. fantastic. I would want to see that movie. I really want that movie. So I'm going to go, uh, Daniel. That's going to do it for our Oceans discussion, guys. What happened, what happened to Bert? <laughs> I think he crashed. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what a great way to end this episode. Uh, thank you all for joining us. It's, these Oceans films are very interesting. I don't know if we're going to do a franchise again because these episodes are kind of difficult to come together with and to discuss. I'm just going to remove Bert out of here right now. Um, so it's just going to be you and I, Jader. I think they're a little difficult to discuss, and I really like doing these categories. It's a little tougher to do them when we're doing the categories uh, for a whole franchise instead yeah. of, a single film. So we'll discuss that in the future. Thank you all for joining us again, Jader. Did you have a good time, man? What? Oh, I had a great time, dude. I love shitting on these movies. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just, you know what? It's crazy because I was so looking forward to this franchise, to be completely honest with you, because I hadn't seen them. And I'm like, maybe if I see it again and I see them now, uh, different eyes. I'm a little, you know, a little older from when I saw them, you know, freaking 20 years ago almost. Um, right? If I'm not mistaken, it's like it's seven, it's 2001. Like, 2001 yeah, was the oceans. So imagine yeah. almost 20 years ago. Well, and um, so it, it's, it, I was trying to see because I've seen movies where I didn't like them at first because I was younger, Jackie Brown being one of them. And I saw Jackie Brown again now as an adult, and I love that movie. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. So 
I, I was hoping that I was going to have that, you know, Jackie Brown vibe with these films, but no, they, they just did not hold up for me, man. They don't hold up. They didn't hold up back then. They don't hold up now. Um, I mean, we're, we're already here in the episode where, where you've heard me over and over saying that I did not like these films. So from here on out, and it's crazy because I really only do own Ocean's Eleven. I never bought 12 and I never bought 13. Um, and and I it's crazy because I thought I was gonna have uh, I was gonna like it just a little bit maybe a little bit more where I was like all right I didn't love it but it's fine it's a fine film nope no I won't I probably I don't care to see these movies again I'll tell you that much I'm gonna watch Ocean's Eleven again I'm gonna watch Ocean's Eight again uh, and if they announce an Ocean's Twenty tomorrow where we combine thirteen and let's say twelve or whatnot or thirteen yeah. and eight like Ocean's whatever twenty one Ocean's Twenty yeah. I'll be, I'll be super excited. I, I will be because that's that, that's a good idea. It's just sitting on the table. And if you throw tons of money at that, people are going to go see it. Actually, I don't know what the future movies is at this point with uh, yeah. COVID going on. So, well, but, well, yeah, we didn't even talk about that, about fucking movies probably not even coming out in August, it's by the crazy. way. Yeah, we're, not, we're in a bad that's situation. A, that's a whole other episode. We'll, we'll talk about that next week. But thank you all again for joining us. Thank you to Bert for uh, being a part of uh, this episode, even though he was in and out a couple times. Uh, we're happy to have you, Bert. So thank you again. And next as always, week's episode, it's going to be great. Just tune next in, guys. Week, you want to want to say it now? We can tease it. Yeah, we can tease it a little bit. We're going to be uh, reviewing. Uh, well, my birthday's in next week. Well, it's on Monday, but we don't record Mondays. We record Friday, so it's the weekend right before my birthday. So Kyle thought we should review one of my favorite films that we haven't talked about yet. Um, so we will be reviewing Dumb and Dumber with a very special guest, which I'm really looking forward to. So you guys tune in. Check it out, guys. It's going to be a, it's a big guest. It's a big get for us and it's going to be yeah. a fun episode. So please tune in to, you know, say happy birthday to Jader and we'll see what happens. We're going to have a good time. So thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next week with another edition of the Jader and Kyle show. Later.